Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 45, which starts with Frodo and Sam walking through a green field, presumably a farmer's field, and ends with some Ian Holm voiceover as Bilbo saying, talking about there's no knowing where, and he gets cut off, talking yeah. about going out your front door. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta keep your feet, <laughs> keep them secret to keep them safe. No, 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 I know. Hobbits don't keep their feet secret. Everyone sees hobbit feet. I really like that line. Yeah, and it's gonna. We're gonna get to the end of it to uh, next week. Yes. Um, but uh, if you don't, that's the trouble with going out your front door. If you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where. Yes. Dot dot dot. Dot I like that line. It's very. It encapsulates hobbits, I think. Yes. Keep Stay out of trouble and no trouble will come to you. Right. It's another one of those. I think it's funny that Bilbo said that. Yeah. Considering. Considering. <laughs> he found a dragon last right. time he left home. <laughs> right. And I don't know how you define trouble. Dragon would be up there. Yeah. Dra- dragon's got to be pretty close to the top of the list. You know, on a list of like... Runaway rutabaga to a dragon. <laughs> Runaway rutabaga. I don't know. What do hobbits find on their front doorsteps? I don't know. A, a black rider, apparently, for a couple of them. Yeah, Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf. Gandalf on your doorstep. That's like the that's the height of trouble in Hobbiton. If that wizard is knocking on your door, don't answer. <laughs> he wants you to go hang out with a bunch of dirty dwarves, <laughs> march halfway across the world. You Almost might come die. back, you'll come back rich, but you're going to be a bastard when you come back. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Why would he be <laughs> illegitimate? You know what I mean. Oh, like a, like a douche. Yeah, like a douchebag. <laughs> a douchebag. I don't I, know if his travels made him more of a, a butt. I mean, it made him more worldly, which probably made him look down on hobbits more. Yeah, I guess so. Look down on his rural, uneducated kinfolk. God, the quote-unquote coastal elite. Quote-unquote <laughs> <laughs> coastal elite. Yeah, haven't you heard that from all the, the fallout of this election? No. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, man. So, I really like this this minute, too, uh, as well as a couple minutes ago with Sam getting pulled out onto the table. Mm-hmm. Because I just love the way that Sean Astin says some things. I mean, he he says here, because of the accent he's got put on, it's like, if I take another step, it'll be the furthest from home I've ever been. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's, that's a cool line. But at the same time, I'm like, how do you know that, Sam? Yeah, because they're not traveling on the road. It's like, do you count your steps everywhere you go? Maybe that's what he's doing all day. <laughs> he's concentrating. He can't look really rosy hard. in the face, so he just counts Aww. his steps. Maybe this is like coping mechanism. <laughs> All right. So uh, the furthest I've ever been from home is 2,374 steps. That's so cute. He's got like a little Hobbit Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> it like starts going off when <laughs> they get to the scarecrow. Uh-huh, Fitbit. <laughs> and he's like, hold up. I just I just reached my step goal. <laughs> we can't go any further. <laughs> I reached my step goal, step goal for the day. It just sits down. <laughs> Starts making some sausage. Yeah, he makes a. He starts building a fire in the middle of this cornfield. 
One of the things that is probably not intentional, they probably just found what they thought is a really pretty, like, field to shoot this little scene in mm-hmm. with the scarecrow, like, putting up the scarecrow and everything. But I find it really interesting that the line between the line where Sam says that, like, the line on the ground, because where he stops is the edge of the kind of end of season dying yellow and brown wheat. Yeah. And he stops right before this lush green unknown part of the world to him and says that line. Yeah. And then he steps into the unknown. Well, I like... And it's so so much more alive looking. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is a cool visual thing. I like... Yeah, I like the visual symbolism of that. Yeah. Because it's an arbitrary boundary in someone's... Like, someone's field. But... Right. The difference between the two is so stark that you get a sense of, like, this is a big deal. Yeah. I I just like that, as opposed to the idolized outdoors being where he's standing, it's where he steps into. Mm -hmm. I I think that that's an interesting, like, visual cue. And I don't know if that was just totally an accident. They're like, oh, hey, this is a pretty place. Or if that's supposed to be, like, some kind of visual insight to maybe how Sam or Frodo feels about leaving the Shire. I think Sam is more afraid than Frodo is. I think he is a little more afraid. Things in the books imply that Sam is just as excited to go adventure as anybody else. Yes. But we don't get as much of that in the movie. There's he's always just kind of like sheltered, must be stable Sam Gamgee. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, I guess I've never really thought about it in that context because, I mean... You're meant to see the the two different separations, but I never really thought of the tall golden grass as, like, decay, necessarily. Well, it's like the end of season. That's ready for harvest. Yeah. And then beyond it is, like, wildland, and it's still very lush and well, green. Well, no, it's corn. Isn't yeah. it corn? I don't think so. No, because the very next thing, like, right at the end of this minute, is the edge of a forest. So I think they're stepping from a field into a forest. So I, I think that's supposed to be the the un, the growth coming out from oh, the woods. I thought that the uh, the plants that they're stepping into um, are is corn, um, but I'll find it while you. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely oh, it corn. Is corn. But it's they, just in the middle of some random guy's field. <laughs> yeah, but it's like from wheat to corn, but it's like from brown into green. To green, yeah. So I, I it's interesting to me the the separation there. I think the, like, wheat is so much indicative of civilization. Yeah. I mean, corn is too, but less so, I would argue. Like, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Well, wheat makes bread. Yeah. And bread is the reason that we have anything. Bread's the reason hobbits are fat. <laughs> yes, bread's the reason <laughs> hobbits are fat. But, I mean, bread is, like, the reason that civilization was able to advance in the way that it did. Uh, for a number of reasons, including the ability to store high-carb food for long periods of time. Yeah, that's true. So, if there are any food anthropologists out there that can back up that claim, that's cool. Food anthropologists? What are we, good eats? Yes. <laughs> Say those two words, one will come out of the woodwork. Right. And explain something food to you. Food anthropologist, and then, like, someone just sticks their head out of the bathroom, like Kramer or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do I have something to tell you? (laughs) 
No, but I've, I've always thought that this scene is kind of very, really visually interesting for that reason. Yeah. Because it's from wheat to corn, but it's like from brown to green. Right. And I mean, maybe it's just supposed to be like, oh, hey, this, this place kind of looks cool and it's a place where there's a line, so it's good to right. use. No, it is interesting that you brought that up. I never really thought about that before because, yeah. I mean, it's obvious you're supposed to pick up on the the separation between the two but yeah. i never really considered corn any more wild than wheat you know yeah like corn but it looks more alive because like the wheat in the scene looks like it's almost ready for harvest mm -hmm. but the corn hasn't even sprouted yet yeah well which is weird so okay back to the calendar then yeah what month would this be i don't know it's in the fall right right it, it would be because they, they harvest the wheat in the fall and then corn starts. Because it's not super tall yet either, the corn. No, it's not. Huh. It's like shorter than a hobbit. So this is a really weird time. Weather so like, in the Shire is weird. August? I don't when know. Do you, when do you harvest wheat? I have no idea. I wish I... I assume I... early. I think you harvest wheat multiple times throughout the year. Oh. Huh. So maybe Gandalf wasn't gone for very long but no matter how you slice it he had to have been gone for a while we yeah. talked about this already no this yeah week. no i'm just because like i wish i knew more about like the agricultural calendar yeah i mean i don't know a whole lot about it that's fair you're not and you're i live not in from, rural maine you're not from a like a farming family yeah it's not like your parents like homesteaded or whatever right um hmm that's in, that's something to look up i think yeah to get a sense of the timeline. I hadn't really thought about that, but there's more contextual clues. Yeah, there's a lot more potentially contextual clues. I mean, obviously, though, this is just a product of what it looked like where they filmed. No, yeah, I know. But we're reading into the movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like that there's just like three crows hanging out on oh, a scarecrow. I thought it was interesting that they were talking about how, um, like, back with the animals, yeah. they... They purposely got oversized, like, large animals. Yeah, they talked specifically about getting a really oversized bull that had, like, gigantism. Yeah. But its feet didn't really grow the same size as so it, it, so it was kind of sad, so it couldn't work very well. But, like, they got this bull to use for big shots. Yeah. I, I Because they, they talk about crows, and if you look at those crows, they're very fat. They are big crows. And crows are not small birds. No. Crows can get very large. If I saw a big crow like that, I'd run away. I mean, yeah, that crow's like bigger, is, is like the same size as that scarecrow's head. Yeah, and if the scarecrow's head is the same size as a human head, right? that's messed up. Yeah, that is messed up. Um, one thing that I, I like that I noticed on this uh, viewing is in that first scene where they're far away and they're walking across that green field. Um, Sam is, this is, there's, it's just a really funny, like, human moment, but Sam is, like, drinking out of, like, a water bottle or, like, a canteen or whatever, and then he pauses, and then he, like, kind of hurries up and, like, offers it to Frodo. Yeah. And I thought- Oh, hey, was, do you want some of this? Yeah, I thought that was really cute. Knowing a hobbit, it's probably not water. It's probably some ale in a flat, in a, yeah, in a canteen. Uh, also, we should talk about it. This, in this field where Sam says this line, yeah. is the infamous scene in the movie where supposedly, oh, in the theatrical, the there background. was a car in the background across the top of the hill. Yeah. And 
Peter Jackson in the director commentary is like, there was never a car. And I don't know what you're talking about it. He swears that he's but like, in I the production commentary, Mark and Barry are both like, we know the car was there. <laughs> we we saw the car. <laughs> we didn't think anyone would see it. So we left it and we took it out for the DVD. It's gone. People will pause and look for it, but it's gone. Trust me. So would that be for just the extended comment or just the extended DVD? Is I don't, it, I don't know if it's in the theatrical one? release DVD. It probably isn't. That's so funny. It might be. I don't know. I haven't seen, I, I don't have a copy of the theatrical That's DVD. another reason why we need to look. To see if the car is there. Yeah. Yeah. Then when we, can... <laughs> when we get to the credits at the end of all this, we'll, we'll, we'll by then maybe we'll track down to theatrical. <gasps> theatrical copy of the movie to watch i kind of wish vine was around in like 2001 because can you imagine like sitting in a movie theater or like seeing the car and then just like grayscaling and then like focusing in on the car and then the x-files theme starts it's just like or like the twilight zone or <laughs> yeah. something but yeah the uh what's the x-files it's like the um, what is the x-files theme i just did it yeah yeah Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's just out of my brain immediately. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's because you said Twilight Zone. Yeah. So now that's going in my brain is the doo 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 doo, and I can't get it to go away. It's uh. like Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> oh man, there's three crows in a triangle. Illuminati confirmed. Right, with like the head in the middle, like an eye. Bill Cipher. <laughs> Oh man, it's funny that you say Bill Cipher because Frodo—I mean, not Frodo—Elijah um, Wood is the voice of the main character in Over the Garden Wall, and there's like a ton of people that like do crossovers with that, with yeah. Gravity Falls and Over the Garden Wall. We need to watch that. We do. We do. You need to watch both of them. I do. You are correct. <laughs> you are not wrong. As is often the case. <laughs> Thank you. You are not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is where the car was. And I, I don't think that there's any other places in the trilogy where there was like a visible vehicle. I think that this was like the one place. Mm. There was just like a car going across the top of this hill. Which is really impressive if you think about it. Yeah. Like the one time. Right, like the the one the one little mess up. Yeah. Because like, you know, in big budget movies there's always a couple like uh, in in Gladiator, where there's a chariot that flips over, and the blanket flies out of the back of the chariot in the in the scene, and you can see the entire mechanism that flips it over. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's a blink and you miss it moment, but like if you're if you're watching the scene and you know what happens, you see like the air canister and some of the machinery that they use to flip the huh. chariot over. Interesting. But like, there's stuff like that in like every big budget movie. Yeah. You're just inevitably. You're going to miss something. Right. You have so many eyes on it, but even then, sometimes. But, yeah. I don't know if I have anything else. I just thought the, the drinking the water bottle thing it is, was funny. A, that is a cute little human moment. Well, I guess Hobbit moment. Cute little Hobbit moment. I'm still in my brain. I'm still like Hobbit, Fitbit, Hoff, Fitbit. Hoff, Hoff, Fitbit. Fitbit. Like. Like Hoff, Fitbit. Like the Hoff? Like no, <laughs> Hobbit Fitbit is just funny to say. Yeah, it's a bit of a tongue twister, right? Over a Fitbit Hobbit. 
I think that's about it. Put some commas in there, and it's almost like a, like a description, like a fit bit hobbit. A fit comma bit comma. Yeah. What's a bit? I don't know. What is a bit in the context of a? Never mind. I don't. I don't know. Someone who's been bitten. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's slang for something, and I have no idea what I just said. Maybe I just said something terrible. I have no idea. Anyway, you can find us on duelingsnaver.com. You can email us any questions, comments, concerns at contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. We're on Twitter at LOTR Minute. Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook page as well as a listener group. You can find Cassandra and Scott and Nick, our two previous guests on The Doctor's Companion, also on Dueling Genre, where they talk about Doctor Who. Scott and Nick also host Back to the Future Minute, which they've already done the first two full movies of. They're Mm -hmm. on hiatus right now and will be coming back with the third uh, in the new year. You can also listen to the wonderful work that Cassandra, Scott, and Nick have done on Geek by Night, writing, directing, and producing. Also new to the Dueling Genre family is Harry Potter Minute, which debuted this past Monday. So Yeah, congrats on congrats your first, on your first week. week, guys. Good job. And you can support us and the Dueling Genre family at duelinggenre.com slash support through Patreon. We also have a one-time donation button. And as we say every day, we're working on merchandise for Lord of the Rings Minute. And coming hopefully, soon. Coming soon. Soon. Sooner than you think, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> that is the plan. Hopefully. I wonder, you know, we we need to get some stuff out there for for Christmas. I'll take pictures of myself in the merchandise to get people, to, you know, aware no one's of it. Buy that then. Why? I'm sorry, that was really mean. That was mean. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> As always, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll see you next week with another guest. Yeah, um, friend of the show and me, um, Kevin O'Shea. Excellent. Woo-hoo. Bye. Bye.